Reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to te- he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen, and may God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Throughout our world, the church and our homes, a common question is being asked. People want to know if the waters of life are navigable, and if so, how? People are looking for a way to deal with the challenges, the uncertainties and the difficulties of life, especially in these very strange times. We want some assurance that the direction of our life will offer meaning and connect us to something larger than our individual stories. So how do we move forward? What are we to teach and tell our children and grandchildren? Those are the age-old questions asked in every generation. Those questions are, I believe, what our governments across the UK are trying to do when they try to lead us in a route to safety and calm be it in England, Wales, Ireland or Scotland. You can watch those questions being answered in the news as protesters and the government confront each other with struggling ideas, struggling with direction of how life should move forward. I recently saw those questions in the tears of a man who for the first time accepted financial help as he tries to chart a way through unemployment. But more often than that, our attempts to navigate life don't make the news. Regardless of whether they're personal struggles or family matters, however, they are just as real and of no less concern to God. Each of us could tell stories about the questions we face, the challenges we confront, and the difficulties we must overcome. Sometimes we seem to succeed and other times, well, we just don't. Most of us have been taught to navigate the waters of life through power, strength, accomplishment and acquisition. We work to be rich so we can have what we want. We seek power so we can take what we want. We argue to be right so we can have our way. We compete to win so we'll be respected and admired. We want to be beautiful 
so we'll be liked and desired. Maybe that sounds familiar. I wonder if you've ever tried those ways of getting through life. Those attitudes fill headline news, magazine articles, tabloid pictures, television and our own lives. They find their origin in the idea that we are to be self-made men and women and that we are to build ourselves up and make a life. After all, we must look out for number one because if we don't, well, no one will. At least that's what many of us have been told. For too long that has been the myth with which we have lived. Jesus' life and teaching fly in the face of that myth. Jesus offers a different way of navigating life. The waters of life, he says, are navigable, but it's not through power, strength, accomplishment or acquisition. The way forward is not the way we've always done it. It's not enough for us as believers and followers of Jesus to simply make over a little piece of our world or our life. It's not enough to just reform a political or economic system. Navigating life is not about overcoming circumstances or other people. It is about overcoming ourselves. If you want to know what overcoming yourself looks like, then look back at the Beatitudes, that reading that I read earlier today. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That's how we navigate life. That is how we meet the challenges, the uncertainties and the difficulties of life. That is what we are to teach our children and our grandchildren. A lifetime of living the Beatitudes, day after day, year after year, is how we overcome ourselves. But the Beatitudes are not simply Jesus' helpful hints for happy living. They are descriptive of God's mind in Jesus' heart. They are kingdom values and reveal what kingdom life is like. They shape and form our lives and longings to be like God's life and longings. And that's a very different approach because most of the time we twist and distort God's life and longings to fit ours. That's why the Beatitudes are so radical and often seem so out of reach. As we hear Jesus' words and consider the Beatitudes, it's easy to look at ourselves and say, that's not me, that's not the world, that's not even the church. And you're right, it's not. We tend to look at what we are not. God, however, focuses on what we can become, who we are called to be. The temptation is to think that the Beatitudes are rules or conditions for being blessed or receiving a heavenly reward. Actually, they're not that at all. They are not about building up, accomplishing or acquiring. They are about letting go, surrendering, living with a vulnerable and open heart. And that doesn't mean we run away, we back down or we isolate ourselves from the realities of our life and world. 
It actually means we engage them in a different way, Jesus' way. The Beatitudes teach us to trust God more than the external circumstances of our lives. They invite dependence on God rather than self-reliance. In today's world, that sounds a lot like weakness and foolishness. That's what it sounds like in every age. But may I suggest it's really about the power of God. God chose what is foolish to shame the wise and what is weak to shame the strong. The Beatitudes are nothing less than the way of the cross. The fullest expression of a Beatitudinal life is seen in Jesus' crucifixion. If we live the Beatitudes, they will take us to the cross. In the trauma and setbacks of life, we discover that we cannot do life by ourselves. As we admit our need of God, we find purity of heart. The arrogance of self-sufficiency gives way to meekness. We realise that all that we are and have is from God and we begin to know ourselves as poor in spirit. Our own misfortunes awaken and connect us to the pain of the world for which we cannot help but mourn. And we think less about ourselves and become merciful to others. We have nowhere else to go and so we turn our gaze back to God. And the longer we gaze at God, the more we hunger and thirst for righteousness, for God's life, and we become peacemakers, reconciling ourselves to God and our neighbour. This is a life for which Christ's disciples long for, a life of righteousness, the life for which Christ died and rose again. The Beatitudes are not so much about what we do, but how we do our living. They are less about actions and more about relationships. To live the Beatitudes is to live a life of reckless, exuberant self-abandonment to God and our neighbour. And that's called love. The only reason we can do that is because we know and trust ourselves to have already been blessed by God. We live the Beatitudes as a response to God blessing us. That is the way of Christ. That is not only the way forward through this life. It is the way to life. If we are to follow Christ, surely it must become our way. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God of all blessedness, we turn to you now with our prayers for others, seeking your blessing on all for whom we pray. You tell us, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray for those whose spirit fails them, that they might be strengthened in their faith, for those whose poverty is physical, that they might have an equal share in the fruits of your kingdom. For those whose outlook on life is poor, that they might have a glimpse of hope and purpose. You tell us, blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. So we pray for all who are cast down by grief, grief from recent losses or a deep-seated sorrow of over many years, that they might know the comfort of hope, the comfort of love, the comfort of new life. You tell us, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So we pray for leaders and followers, for big people and little people, for the proud and the humble, that in acceptance and grace we might work together for the good of all. You tell us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. So we pray that we who seek to live in that very righteousness might indeed be filled with wonder and joy in this very place. You tell us, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. So let us forgive others that we might know and understand the true meaning of forgiveness. You tell us, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So make our hearts pure with us, that we might know your love all the more. And you tell us, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So we pray for all who work for peace, peace in relationships, peace in communities, peace in politics, peace in places of conflict, peace for the body, mind and soul, that all might see themselves and others as God's children. You tell us, blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we pray for the broken and despised, the marginalized and the downtrodden, the victims and the dispossessed, the refugees and the homeless. This kingdom, our precious kingdom, belongs also to them. And as we pray for others, we pray also that you will hold us always in communion with the saints of all the ages, those who have been blessed and whose memories, example and closeness bless us even at this present time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.